Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Yes, I Can podcast. I'm your host, Paul Can. Thank you so much for joining us and spending time with us this evening, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from. I just so appreciate you um, being a part of this conversation. And today, I am bringing back one of my favorite guests so far, or if not my favorite guests. Um, and that is my wife. And my wife, Ukan, she is amazing. And I had so much fun last time on our conversation that I just had to do a repeat because there is something really beautiful around having really authentic conversations with someone that just knows you so well and that you are so deeply connected with. And of course, that person is my wife, who is also my best friend. And a lot of times we have really amazing conversations and I just wish we could record them all because they're, they're really, they have a lot of depth to them. And we have some very deep eye-opening questions. We're always constantly bringing up different types of topics, whether it's controversial or, you know, sometimes just life-based or family-based. And um, I really appreciate how we can have really beautiful discussions about it how we can also continue to challenge each other and really be in curiosity. And I think that is so important in a relationship that people talk about communication all the time, but I think communication is really, really vague. I think it's really about connection at the end of the day. What are you deeply connecting on? And are you able to create a space where both parties can be seen and heard? And so I'm really excited to bring back my wife today on today's episode. And thank you for being here again. <laughs> Yay! Well, thank you so much for bringing me back. And amongst all of your esteemed guests so far, thank you so much for saying that, you know, you have a great time talking to me and I do as well. So I'm so glad we get to have this other, this second chat. Well, yeah, of course. And I, <laughs> I guess that's good news after <laughs> being married for seven years and together for nine that we're not sick of talking to each other because like, <laughs> That would be really bad news. But I think one thing that has really made our relationship work is that we do love talking to each other. And I think over time, that's had to evolve in terms of how we get to learn to communicate with each other as well as not just communicate on a daily basis, but also be able to still have really enriching conversations and really just enjoy being in each other's presence. Yeah, I'm uh, giggling a little bit because there is kind of like the, the pros and cons of having such deep connected and controversial conversations together because the, I just remember the other night in the bathroom or the other day you were like you know what if you wanted to marry a yes man that's not me mm-hmm. so true that's what comes with this is that you continue to challenge me and you continue yeah, some challenging conversations yeah sometimes. to be like well I mean if that's what you want enroll me like let's have a conversation about it let's Mm -hmm. both be tuned into this vision that you have or that i have and i am just as stubborn so i really appreciate what you what what we both bring into this relationship and it's really funny because at the beginning when i was thinking about a life partner i thought about hey a perfect marriage which was something you know this is like a whole other conversation but like my parents never showed us that they argued so Growing up, my idea of a perfect relationship with a partner was like, we don't argue. We mm. agree and things are very uh, uh, amicable. Mm. And and so whenever we have like these really tough conversations, I do appreciate that at the end of the day, you're allowing me to change my viewpoint. You're opening my mind to something other than my own opinion. And I am being informed. I'm being educated. And I'm doing the same to you. And th- mm. I think that is the most beautiful part is that when we walk away we set down our pride and then we're kind of like, huh, you know what? I can see what you were talking about there. Fair. You know, actually, thank you. And then we can move away from a really intense conversation and come out of that 
being like, you know what? I do appreciate that you're stubborn. (laughs) Well, I, I do think in a relationship, it is really important to be open and at the same time, have a really grounded sense of self to be able to stay centered in as well so that you can grow without losing yourself. And I think a lot of times people are scared of that when they're in relationships or getting into relationships. Like, as you know, I'm like a total junkie for those like love TV shows. Like I, it's just like a total guilty pleasure of mine, like all of them, right? Like love is blind. And that, you know, uh, what was it? Like, like you're blind and going to the altar, whatever, like all those things, like I'm total sucker for. And I find love so fascinating relationships so fascinating because i think so many people have a lot of different different perceptions of what it will be like in a relationship and i think one of the things ultimately that many people are afraid of is how do i not lose my freedom how do i not lose my identity going into a relationship combining my life with someone else and i think that that is something that is really important to be able to first of all understand about yourself in terms of who you are so that when you go into a relationship, you can know who you are and who you are with this person so that it doesn't like you don't become a different person with this person. But I feel like it's more of like an enhancement, more of like than a taken away. Mm, Yeah, I I love that. And I, I think that really brings us to the topic of our conversation today, which is that we really wanted to talk about how do you not lose yourself, whether that be in a relationship or as who we are now, parents. Mm -hmm. So in every stage of your life, Mm -hmm. how do you not lose your voice, your personality, maybe your essence, your way of thinking, values, your values? Yeah. How do you stay in integrity with like who you are? Yeah. I think the beginning of that conversation has to start with how well do you know yourself? Mm. And I think many of us feel like we know who we are, but at the same time, I think actually underneath that, we really don't know ourselves that well. I think we know ourselves on a very surface level, but to really be able to understand why we are the way we are and truly be connected to your truth is I think something that is a, a process that doesn't just happen in day one. I think when we first got married, I thought I really knew myself, but I the version that I knew of myself was really a surface level version of who I was, but not really understanding what was underneath the iceberg. Like you'd always tell me like, I find that you don't have a lot of time by yourself and you don't really understand yourself very well. You may feel like you do, but you don't understand what's really coming up for you. And for example, if you're triggered by something, what you're really triggered by, like what is really bothering you. Like I found myself really struggling to articulate that because I didn't really know myself. I really struggled with being in silence. I really struggled with being on my own because I'm so used to other people telling me what to think and also not trusting myself. And so I find that that whole entire process of how do you not lose yourself in a relationship or when you take on a new career path, such as switching from, say, corporate to being an entrepreneur, as well as becoming a parent, for example, how do you not lose yourself? I really think it has to start with how old do you really know you, which I think is actually the most important and fundamental question. Well, how do you, how do you even get to the point where you have even, you know, an inkling of, I don't really know myself because as you were talking there, I was thinking back to different phases of my life and I, you know, <laughs> a little bit arrogant as I was, I felt like I knew myself. Right. Even now I'm like, oh, I know my, I know there's more mm-hmm. to learn, but I think everyone, wherever they are, they're kind of like, I-, I know myself as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So and people don't just kind of wake up or every day is like, oh, you know, I wish I could know more. Of my- yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? So it's like, wait that that journey is like never ending and it's just so crazy i'm just thinking right now going into like a deep tunnel so i think i want to throw that question back to you like how do you start how do you start knowing how do you start knowing yourself well i think a lot of times we i'm just talking about from like a cultural standpoint 
And I'm talking from like a majority standpoint as well. I think in general, a lot of times we are in a culture that doesn't allow a lot of space for silence and doesn't really talk a lot about being in relationship with yourself. I think many of us that I'm talking, well, especially in my, like my own experience is I, I know for me, I very much would adjust myself according to people in my life, according to what they wanted, according to how I can fit in, according to what would cause the least amount of friction. And so there's a lot of people, people pleasing, a lot of looking good. And so in my life, I've kind of learned to be a bit like, um, chameleon. Like it's kind of like, how do I kind of adjust to different scenarios? I remember actually this is a really funny side story. I was in Disney world one time when mm-hmm. I was a little bit younger, I think I was like in my later teens and there was this British family that <laughs> sort of hung out with us a little bit. Like we would just end up on the bus to Disney world, the same bus. And it was this British family. I started having a British accent. <laughs> I'm not even joking by like the midweek i was like where is this british accent coming from and then when i would go <laughs> this is really funny and when i was at a europe trip with my family uh everyone there was not like they're not from north america like they're from asia or someone so like english is their second language and they would speak sort of broken english and i would start speaking really broken english midweek like my <laughs> english all of a sudden got really bad and i had like a fob <laughs> accent i was like i don't even know why this is happening right now oh my god yeah. but, but it's because i would like constantly adjust myself yeah. to fit in and i would adjust my identity alongside that wait i love this because i feel like you've never told me yeah, this i don't think i've ever shared that with you because i i know you know that about me mm-hmm. remember when we came back from exchange and mm-hmm. because we had like friends from Ireland and we had some, you know, just like all over that come to exchange. I started talking like super whack. (laughs) I had the weirdest accent. (laughs) You did have a really weird accent. It wasn't on purpose. (laughs) I promise it was not on purpose. It's just like what you were saying. It's like, this is so whack, but I couldn't help it. And it's almost like I was adjusting. Yeah. Which is so crazy because, you know, when we're in leadership, we talk about, you know, some people show up like, very bold uh-huh. when you're with people who are very bold yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, you, you tone it down to really match other people who yeah. are maybe more like yeah. sympathetic. And so I feel like because we just are people maybe with higher, uh, levels of oh, like an adaptation, adaptation. Yeah. Like just, we're able in that moment in order to really blend it when, with our surroundings and, and, and to make other people feel more comfortable. It's mm-hmm. like you, you match their energy yeah. without knowing. And that shows up like an accent, yeah. like, Whenever I'm talking yeah. to your your parents, I start like simplifying my English. Your English a gets lot. really bad all of a sudden. Really bad. Happen. Yeah, I think you know. Okay, th- I think there's a difference between uh, being able to flex so that you can land your communication, depending on who you're with. Like, yeah. it really doesn't work if you're around a bunch of people that are really quiet and really laid back, and you're like really intense and in their <laughs> yeah. face. I don't really think that really works. And same thing when you're around people who are really high energy and really bold and intense. And if you're too laid back and too, too whatever, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, really, really soft spoken, like that might not match the energy in the room. So I think there's a difference between the adjusting of yourself, also being able to, to flex, to be what is also needed in that room in order to be able to connect with people that you're with. And I think also to that point, there is a difference between that and changing who you are and not knowing who you are Mm. and protecting those aspects that are core to you. So for example, I think I'm thinking back to the early parts of our relationship when a lot of times we would get into arguments and I would get really angry, but I wouldn't really know what I'm angry about. I'm just really angry in that moment. I'm pissed off, but what is it truly that is creating that anger? What is really creating that frustration? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure that that out for a long time. I was like, well, it's something that you're doing. It's something that you're being that is causing me to be this. Instead of realizing, oh, actually, what's causing the frustration and the anger is actually I feel powerless. And the powerlessness came from feeling like I had to people please in our relationship and constantly say yes to you because I was really at the core afraid of losing you so I was terrified to, to say no 
to you when you wanted to say like do xyz things or you wanted to compromise a certain part of our relationship you know in in uh return for say time with your family or whatever it is right but i didn't realize i didn't have boundaries i didn't know what was important to me i didn't know how to say no i didn't know what were my core values and to understand in certain situations if i say yes now it's actually going to cause bitterness and resentment later so instead of people pleasing in this moment I get to be courageous and use my voice and set boundaries to push back and say no or be able to negotiate. But I didn't have those skills. I didn't know myself back then. So I would just say yes and I would just agree to things. But really underneath it, I didn't want to. And it would just create this pent up resentment that would end up bubbling up and exploding later on. And then later on, it's like, oh, I feel like I've lost my footing. I feel like I've lost my identity in the relationship because I feel like I don't have any power. I don't have any say. But it's actually because I didn't really understand myself, like what was really important to me. And I didn't know how to take a stand for that either. I think that's a huge gap, what you were talking about there. And I want to shine a light on exactly what you were talking about right there. Because how did you get from where you felt powerless and, and, and uh, emotions boiling up to where you are now, where you can identify those triggers. How did you bridge that gap where now you're like, I understand myself enough because maybe someone's listening in right now. And they're like, I have those same mm-hmm. triggers. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that it really has to get to a point for you personally where you have to be willing to look at honestly what is happening and what is showing up and be willing to see it for the price that you're paying. What do I mean by that? What I mean by price that you're paying is that being willing to be honest with yourself about what's what's really, I'm going to use the word broken, but really not working in your relationship with yourself in your life. I think a lot of times, and I actually had this conversation a little bit um, earlier with one of my clients, and we were talking about a situation with um, my client's business. And what was coming up was, well, but things are okay. Things are okay. A lot of times it works over here. So it's fine. It's just sometimes it doesn't really work, right? So that's why a lot of times I... I want to I, I want to I want to give that person a chance or I want to give that situation a chance. I don't really want to prejudge it because sometimes it's good. It's just sometimes it also is not good at all. And when I got to ask that person, uh, my client several times, like I kept asking the same question of, well, but how do you really feel about it? How do you really feel about it? What is your opinion about it? If it were up to you, would you keep this person? Yes or no? If it was up to you, do you feel like this person is the best fit for your business? Yes or no? And when I narrowed it down to yes or no, that person was saying, no, I, I would say that person is not a good fit in our business. And I was like, okay, well, what was it that stopped you from just saying no? And I think a lot of times we hang on to things for too long because at the core of it, we don't trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. We second guess ourselves, which I get it because I have so been there and I am mm-hmm. still there sometimes still working through that around when we feel a certain way, we start, our head starts kicking in and saying, well, well, but it isn't really that bad. Yeah, but you should be able to deal with it because it's really not a big deal or whatever, whatever. And we start trying to justify things and talk ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. When deep inside, we actually had a gut feeling around this sucks. Like mm-hmm. this is not working. This is broken. Like, I don't think, in our relationship, it, it, I was at that place to admit that until it literally got so broken and I was facing the prospect of, oh, holy crap, like we might, we might separate here if I don't do something. To really recognize that something is broken and not working for you to finally be like, okay, what can be done about this? What is creating this? What, what is, what should I do differently? What can I do differently? It, you can't possibly get to that point to be able to do anything different to recognize, wow, there is something underneath this that is generating all these results that I am truly unhappy with. And I'm so sick of being here Mm. 
for you to be like, okay, like I'm willing to go figure this out and and discover an answer or, and to go do what it takes to, to fix this. Because once you get to that place of sometimes it's desperation, right? When it's too comfortable, it's not, it's not uncomfortable enough. We're kind of like, eh, it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. That fine is a very, it's a very dangerous place to be because I find that's the territory of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're like, well, I don't really need to go do any extra work or do anything different because like things are fine. Things are okay. They're not great, but they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I think for every person, in order for you to want to go on the journey to discover on a deeper level of who you are, what makes you tick and why truly you are the way you are and how to be able to navigate that relationship with yourself, you have to recognize that whatever you're doing is not working. And it, it sometimes has to be, you know, to that level of pain where you have to recognize it yourself like, oh yeah, I do need to do something different about this because yeah. it's, it's getting destructive and it's getting, it's getting painful. So what I'm hearing is how you bridge the gap is really identifying that it's gotten to a point where something is really broken. Mm -hmm. So you need to have in that moment understood and really acknowledge and put like, I feel like that is the biggest component of why people don't move forward. Mm -hmm. They're so afraid to say this is not working. Yeah. Because what does that mean? That means I did something wrong. Right. The shame. I'm flawed. Yeah. yeah. There's a, so much shame just to saying that, oh man, I screwed up. Right. Because society says you are the mistake. Not that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You, 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 something about you was wrong. And so then you go into fixing mode of like, not that you've got to just try a different method, but it's like, you've got to change who you are. Mm-hmm. You're, you're flawed. Or that and, you don't know who you are. So if you don't know wh- who you are, what do you know? Yeah. And, and it's, it, people go into this like identity crisis and, mm. and you know what? It's not wrong to start going on a journey of like trying different things to see what you like mm. and, and what kind of, you know, lands and, and this part you're like, whoa, I really don't like that kind of culture. But like, you know, or oh, over here, I vibe with people who love blah, right? And so really discovering things that you, like for me, I'm just like, I, I know my self-care is at the end of the day, I like to paint my nails. Other people like to go out with their friends and and, and hang out, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start making that okay, I don't make it wrong that I don't have a lot of friends. I just am someone who is like very introverted with my downtime. Like I, I protect that mm-hmm. because I've grown up being very comfortable with myself. And I think that it, when you were talking about not taking moments to be with yourself, mm-hmm. like how much courage it takes for some people to just sit at a restaurant by themselves. Whereas like I grew up being yep. very comfortable doing that. Right. And so I think that, yes, once you have the courage to say, Hey, okay, something's not right here. Something's not working. And this needs to change. I don't want this to go forward like this any longer. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, all right, let's, let's figure out what I can do. So what, what can people do? Cause I, I think what I'm noticing here is it takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage to look at yourself and, and to identify, which takes a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. to say, Oh, I don't trust myself. Mm-hmm. I don't stick to my guts and I don't, you know, stick to my guns and I don't listen to myself. And even that dialogue is very shameful. Yeah. I think part of it too. Right. And I think it would be really, um, actually it'd be really great to hear your experience with this because I think you've gone through many, well, in the past, call it seven years, many different chapters of things drastically changing around you and you having to really rediscover your identity. Like when you, we got married and you moved to Canada and then being completely away from family and friends. And then of, of course, when your dad got sick as well, becoming a caretaker and now becoming a mom as well and still being an entrepreneur like what has that in that journey for you because i know that's been a lot of learning for you as well because i think a lot of times the thing is that it's it's not i believe it's not really one of those things that you can just logically figure out in your head yeah. i really think certain things have to be experienced so i'm really curious for you having gone through some really 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 big drastic life changes where you've had to take on different roles how did you be able to discover which parts were you and what was important to you so that you can create, learn to even create boundaries that maybe weren't, weren't there before or were, yeah, you didn't, you didn't really know what they would be. Yeah. I would really 
give credit to my religion. I love God. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. And I always, and, and we talk about this a lot, when you don't have a foundation, whatever that may be, which is your belief system, mm. your values, when you don't have something to stand on, which is your foundation, which is when you strip everything away, who are you? When when you don't have that, it's really hard to, to, to stay on solid ground. And I think for me, I'm really blessed that I my faith is something that I can constantly go back to. And, and what I mean by that is that wherever I may be in, in periods of my life, I always tell myself like love comes first. Mm-hmm. Love my parents, love my siblings, love people around me, be generous to myself. And it just, it's actually very simple. It's not, you know, we talk a lot about me- mechanism and ways of being, but a lot of times when I just take time to really sit with myself and I tell myself, okay, what would God have me do in this moment? Like if I was not thinking about what's best for me, how do I harm this other person? How do I, you know, um, 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 seek, uh, to, to, to make myself feel good in this moment. What would be good for the totality of my family and us? And it takes a lot to step away from the problems or, you know, what the situation to really go deep into my foundation. And so what I'm trying to say is that before you even move forward to discover who you are, I would say take time to really look at your spirituality, look at how you grew up, things that you already have. So don't just dismiss everything that you are up until now, because there are so many breadcrumbs that you have already, tools that you have already, right? That mm-hmm. you can work with. And and so sit with yourself, really look at things that work in your life. And for me, what worked was my my faith. And what worked is that I, I, I have parents that I grew up with that were such great examples of just being selfless and being generous. And so when I moved to Canada, all I knew was that I want to be quote unquote, great wife. And what that meant was that I wanted you to be happy as well in our relationship. It wasn't just like, how do I fill myself up? But I really, truly wanted you to be fulfilled in this relationship. And I wanted for you to chase things that made you happy and not just so that we could both be in this relationship and be in this little, you know, just us. And so that took a lot because sometimes when, you know, we're going to get really real here, but sometimes when let's say my in-laws, right, we always have things that come up with Mm in-laws where maybe your parents were in a sticky situation and, and I have to take a step back to be like, okay, my emotions aside, why don't you talk to your parents like this instead and love them like this instead? Cause I know at the end of the day, you want a relationship with your parents. And that takes a lot, right. To say to, for me to take a step back, to say, what is what's best for you? Yeah, What's your values is what I'm hearing. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and even when my dad was sick and, uh, this was a big thing that came into our relationship was me taking time mm-hmm. to go and take care of him. Yeah. And, deciding that to me was like a no brainer, even though it it really hurt our marriage Mm -hmm. was that I was like, first and foremost, I owe this man. Like he is my dad. Like, and you know, this this is just how I grew up. This was just a value for me was that I wanted to be a good daughter to him in whatever period of life he was going through. And this may be the last period of his life, Mm -hmm. right? Because he had pancreatic cancer. He was stage three. He was going through so much pain. And in that moment, all I could, here in my heart. And I, I just had to trust my intuition was just that go be there for him. He didn't know any, any English, didn't know how to navigate the healthcare system. And so I left mm-hmm. and that was like, whatever's going to come up after that. And just to provide context, it. when she say left, she means like left the country. <laughs> we were in two yeah. separate, cause it's not like, Hey, like go down the block and do your parents' house. Like we are now. It's like, we were in two different countries in two completely different time zones. Like, 10 hours apart drive in it literally another con- like part of the con like another part of the continent yeah. and i'm not saying that's yeah. okay because the journey of For extended really- periods of time yeah it was like it was challenging oh yeah it, it was very hard like months yeah and that's what I'm trying to say is it's very hard yeah to stick to your values to 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 fight for who you know you are and to to follow that when yeah. everyone around you is telling you otherwise right Mm-hmm. And 
like my parents even was telling me different things like, Hey, you know, keep your job. When I was like, no, I need to quit my job to come and take care of you. Or you would be like, is there another way that we can figure this out without you leaving? And I just had to listen to my heart, even when it's not perfect. And so what I would advise is that even when it doesn't look perfect, allow yourself to make mistakes in order to really follow your heart. Yeah. Well, I I think one thing to just highlight in that is that in that process with when we were in that period of you being a caretaker for your dad, I think we got to learn, like you also got to learn in terms of how to also set boundaries that are important for us now in terms of instead of, I think during that time period, and I think everyone goes through this and I go through this as well in terms of when I'm, when I was in the process and learning about myself, you know, still in that process, but you know, at the very beginning of it is a lot of times you, you swing to two sides of the extreme spectrum. So it's either I'm going to go completely, for example, in your, your case, I'm going to completely be with my husband or I'm going to completely be with my family. And a lot of times the extremes are what don't work Mm -hmm. because somebody loses in that. But I think what we learned in that process was you got to learn, okay, I can't completely like neglect my husband and just go be with my family because that also affects my marriage. I can't completely be with my husband, neglect my family because that doesn't, that doesn't work for my values that I need to take care of my family as well and, and be a good daughter. And so I think in that process of, from what I observed from you was that you also got to learn how to create boundaries so that you can create both like the both end around there is time for family where a lot of times you're, you are, you enroll me into what's important for you. And at the same time, like being able to establish boundaries, say with your family, it's like, Hey, also I need some time with my husband as well and with my family, because that relationship is also important to me. Yeah. I, I love that. And that would have never came about had I not taken the risk to say, my heart is leaning this way. I actually don't know what to do in this Mm -hmm, moment, mm -hmm. but I'm going to listen to where I'm my, my, my North star star is pointing and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go that way. And then when you go there and you're like, Ooh, this is too hot, then, Mm -hmm. you know, move. So like, just be a pendulum and kind of like figure out where's your balance. And and for me, exactly what you said there. I just like, I was like, Oh, this doesn't work because for me, it wasn't people pleasing with you or people pleasing with my, my, my parents. Mm. But I, I was asking myself, what do I want out of life? Mm-hmm. I want a vibrant marriage. I want a relationship with my family that works. I want all of it. Mm. So this, this podcast and our message is you get to have it all. Mm. How do you do it all? Mm-hmm. How do you get to have that life that is not settling for, for less and cutting corners? How do you get to have a life that is like, everything you've ever dreamed of. Mm. And that takes taking risks, making mistakes and saying, you know what? I learned from my mistake. It would be such a waste for me to have gone through that life moment and to not have learned from that, to be like, oh, okay, I know what didn't work. And now I want to fine tune it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Versus like being like, oh my God, the complete didn't work. Now I'm going to neglect my family. And I'm going to go over here. And yeah, or things are always have to be this way. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I don't have a choice, yeah. right? Being in those kinds of um, absolutes. And I think to what you said there that was really important was, what do I want? Mm-hmm. And then being able to be open and be willing to believe that you can have both. And I think a lot of times when people or we are in the space of, having to make hard choices. A lot of times I think we can fall into that pit fall of, I can't have it all. And I think we grow up in a society where that is told to us, like you can't have it all. You can't have the cake and eat it. Mm. But I think that is actually, uh, that's, that's wrong. Cause mm. you can, it mm. may look different. Yes. It may not be perfect, but you can have it all. Mm-hmm. You can have a beautiful family and a really connected, loving relationship and you can have a great relationship with your family and you can also have friends and you you can also have a great career and a business like you can really have it all and i think that has been a really steep learning curve yeah for even me to learn like oh it doesn't have to be one or the other like for me it was more around my career like mm. having to pick between a successful career and a successful marriage and family yeah i thought it had to be one or the other because that was the model that I grew up in, that it had to be, okay, yeah, it's either you sacrifice and you create an amazing career and make a lot of money, 
or you are with your family and you are broke and you don't have any money. And yeah, you have a great relationship, but you also don't have anything. So I also thought it was one or the other. And I didn't realize that you can have both. So I think what you were saying there around, what do I want? And then believing that's possible. Cause I think the, the biggest prison you can put in your, put yourself in is I can't have it because that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way it is, is the biggest prison that you can keep yourself in because it completely li- eliminates all possibility of anything being different and you actually being able to have the life that you want. Mm. And I love that about you is that uh, something that I used to say all the time was it is what it is. And you'd I be like, hated that. <laughs> you so hated annoying. that. And uh, like, it is what it is. Like, no, it isn't what it is. What is that? You're like, let's figure this out. Yeah. hundred percent. It's not what it is. Like, yeah. There's gotta be another way. <laughs> like for me, it was just uh, my, the reason why I said that was more like, okay, let's handle what we've got today and I'll focus on what I care about right now. But the thing that I find amazing about you that I love and it's a love hate is that you're so passionate. And when something comes up and it doesn't vibe, you're like, no, we've got to figure it out. Right. And, and I'm like, no, it is what it is. Let's, let's yeah. Find- or that's just how you are. Is like <laughs> the second most annoying phrase you, you say. And, and, and here's the thing is that I, I think from that though, is, is really that it is so limiting to, yes to equate people to a situation or results. Like it's so limiting. It's re- and I find that is a, a huge, it's, it's a huge downfall in a lot of relationships is when we hold the other person to their past mm-hmm. and their mistakes. And there's just no room for that person to be anything different. Like they're constantly like, especially when I find like, that's why I think forgiveness and grace is so important in a relationship because at any relationship, really, because if you don't have grace, you don't give that person grace and you're not unwilling to let it go and forgive that person, then your relationship is constantly imprisoned by whatever event that happened or whatever breakdown that happened or whatever mistake that happened, because that person will always be chained by that mistake. It's like, oh yeah, let me continue to like dig up the past and like, put that in your face that you screwed up before and you are, the, you were this person. So you are this person. You'll mm-hmm. always be this person. And I think that is so, so limiting. That is so damning. It is so like yes. restricting. It is so destructive yeah. because you end up keeping your relationship in the past, in the crap, in the lack of possibility. And there's no room for growth there's no room for that person to become a better version of themselves because even if they do if you are unwilling to see that person as this as as this new version that they are or the 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 work that they're doing on themselves or the effort that they're putting in your relationship will be unwilling to will not be able to evolve past the past yes oh my god that's so good because we we learn about Crabs, right? Where when one crab's trying to get out of the bucket, mm-hmm. the other person, the, the other crab's going to pull the other one in. And in relationships, and I found myself doing this as well, was when I would see you doing something, for example, when I didn't have a job mm-hmm. and you were working corporate and mm-hmm. I saw you really excelling. And I thought to myself, I don't have a career. I really don't have anything. I'm very, I'm, I am really vulnerable in this situation, mm-hmm. in this relationship. And I found myself going places where I was like, oh, well, you know, because I, I am aware enough to really understand my thoughts and, and and be able to keep myself in check where you're like, oh man, well, is he going to cheat on me? Mm-hmm. Is he going to get like become so good that he's going to go somewhere else without me? Mm-hmm. But that is me disempowering myself mm-hmm. to, because now I, I think I can't wait for you to elevate because I'm going to elevate with you. Mm. And so it's, it's a place now where I feel completely in control and, and, and understand my abilities where I know and trust you and we go together. Mm. Whereas like when you're able to support me to to be my best and you're like, I'm going to catch up, like, let's Mm. go together. We Mm. don't have to be fighting and keeping each other small. Mm. We can both elevate together. And and it was kind of like when we were doing that, 
leadership program. And when you took it, you're like, Ooh, I I don't know why you're taking this. You didn't have any interest and you didn't want to do it. And I was like, well, if you're going to take it, I need to, I was really surprised. I need to elevate with you. Like, how can I possibly understand and connect with you? If I don't understand this next level that you're Mm going to be at Mm -hmm. and, and for us to be able to and that, was life life cha- and that was life-changing for us. That, that, that was a huge game-changer. It was a complete game-changer. Yeah. And and I think that uh, you're absolutely right. It's just instead of saying things that are very limiting, dare to find another option. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Like, I think the, there are things you have to let it go. Like, yes, as hurtful, as difficult it was, like, you either let it go or if you're going to hold on to it, it's going to, it's going to destroy what you have mm-hmm. because it will continue. And we see this in relationships that are around us, right? Like continuing to bring up crap from the past, yeah. continuing to remind that person of how they screwed up, continuing to keep that in your heart. It's a poison. Mm-hmm. It's a poison that seeps into you and your relationship and everything that you create crumples because you can't build on a shoddy foundation. And so I think it is so important to be able to, if you are in a relationship, to view that relationship as one entity, like you are on the same team. Mm -hmm. So I love what you said there around when you saw that my results are your results, that was a huge game changer for us because instead of now viewing like, oh, either you win or I win, it's like, oh, but if I win, you win. If you win, I win. So we're on the same team moving towards a common goal. And now it's kind of like you're in that like three-legged race instead of like working against each other, trying to go in different directions. You're actually moving forward, working as a team, moving in the same direction. And you can do so without having to compromise yourself because it's not like, oh, only I can create a successful business and you can't create a successful business. It's like, well, what if we both got to do it? What would it look like? Mm. But I think a caveat of that is it is not going to be comfortable to go for it. It is not the comfortable decision or choice, but it certainly is the most fulfilling one. Yeah. And the one that is going to be, um, I think, the... The most beautiful. In oh my terms God, completely of go. worth it. If completely I can right now talk to myself five years ago and where who I was five years ago was when we would be having hard conversations, I wanted to walk away. Mm-hmm. My thing, my kind of, you know, survival was like, whoa, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to have these conversations and I want to escape. I want to be gone. I, why do we need to keep having these these altercations, I'd call them, mm-hmm. or arguments? Mm-hmm. I saw everything as an argument. Mm-hmm. And then who I am today I am so thankful that we had those moments where we were able to really figure each other out and and learn about each other and if anything really reveal who we are to each other because in those moments when it when it's really heightened mm-hmm. we're able to really look into each other's souls to really be like who are you showing up as and what are you actually saying now that you are no longer afraid to hide your emotions and we can be vulnerable I want to say to her five years ago, like, thank you for having those tough conversations because it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Where we are now is so rich it, and I can't even, I, I can't wait for the next chapters of our lives. And, and it's, we still have really tough moments and I'm grateful for the moment, those moments because yeah. that's what's going to pave the road for us where we're going to be 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. I don't think the work ever stops. And I think it's about agreeing to be on the same journey together. And also really investing the time to get to know yourself. I think the one thing that has really changed in the course of our marriage is I now have a different level of comfort with myself. Like I can't sit there in silence and be by myself and not feel like I have to have somebody with me at all times, or I need to constantly have noise in my ear, or I constantly need to be talking to somebody nonstop and just constantly be on the go. I feel like it's okay to be thinking about things and be introspective and then voice my, what I am thinking once I have given it some thought, given it some time. And at the same time, it is still part of my nature to want to talk things out and that's okay. And I think it's like that evolution of who we are and who we become. But I think in that journey, you got to be willing, first and foremost, to work on yourself 
and figure yourself out in terms of who you are, what has led you to here, really be able to heal a lot of your own personal traumas because mm-hmm. it's really your own stuff. A lot of times when you're getting upset and angry and mad or really triggered about things, it's, it's, it's some wound that you've had in the past. Um, and I think also another thing I just wanted to loop back to what you said earlier, which was your foundation. It was really, it was so annoying at the very beginning of our relationship <laughs> when you're like, my foundation's God. And I'm just like, what do you mean? And I get so angry because I'm like, I should be your foundation. But to your point that you would say back then that I didn't understand until later was that when you make someone else, whether it's your children mm. or your spouse or your partner or someone in your family, like your parents, for example, mm. when you make them your anchor, you yo-yo with them. Yes. So if they are up, you're up, they're down, you're down. Like, And that was, that was what was not working for me was because you were my anchor. You were my rock. And so when you were happy, I was happy. When you were sad, I was sad. When we were in a fight, I could not do anything. I was a complete, a complete wreck. And so it was like so unstable. There was nothing to hold on. There's nothing to anchor to. Mm. But to your point, when you have faith, and this is, you know, not, it's not a podcast about faith, but for us, what worked was having faith because when we were apart, the only thing I had was faith, was God. And I didn't have anything else to anchor on. I had nothing else to hold on to because everything else had that I had held on to to hold me up was not there physically. And so the only thing that I could hang on to was really my my personal faith and, and my relationship with God. And so whatever that is for you, when you have something bigger than you to hang on to, then it's grounding. It's something that you can rely on that is not just you. Because when you just rely on you or you rely on another person, your entire life and your your mood and your energy, everything is fixated on and dependent on that person and how they are. And so, you know, for us now, we're in that phase of being parents. And I think a lot of times this is a trap that many parents fall into too, is that when you have children, your whole world becomes your children. Mm. I mean, you don't have you anymore. It's just everything is around the kids. And that's why I, I do really appreciate how we did really spend that time. And I'm I'm grateful for that time that we had to really get to know ourselves and get to know each other. Because I find that a lot of times when you have children, it becomes about the child. Like, I mean, most of what we talk about is the Kairos right now. And if you don't have that foundation and you make your child your world, then now your world fluctuates according to that child. Like when he gets older and he's doing his own thing and he's not necessarily listening to us or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. then our world would completely shift according to how he's showing up. And that's a really unstable ground to be in. And when he grows up, I think that's why there is such a big identity crisis, right? For many moms, especially, and dads as well, is that when your children grow up and they go to school and they leave the house and they are adults, there's this huge like identity crisis because your entire life has been centered around them. So who are you? when you have completely not been in relationship with yourself for maybe 18 years or even five years, right? Or even uh, several years, whatever it is. I think it's so important to be able to separate yourself from your child, from even your spouse, mm-hmm. so that you can know at the core of who you are. And that person is now coming in to not complete you, which I think that whole thing around you complete me is like, I really am not a fan of that phase. Mm-hmm. I used to think it was so romantic. It's like, you know, one plus one <laughs> equals two. No, sorry, like, like half and half equals one, right? But really it's one plus one equals two because Mm. you each come in whole. And when you come in whole and you are in relationship with yourself and and you are very grounded in who you are and your values and your foundation, then people coming in are enhancing it. They're building upon it. They are not the foundation. Right. And I want to say faith aside, really what it comes down to when you talk about foundation is because God just says, I want your life. And I, my promise for you is that your life is going to be the best that I can give you. Mm -hmm. And so when people go into life focused on self, not from a place of selfishness or, or only me doing me and not contributing to other people. But when you are focused on how can I be the best that I can be to learn about myself and who I what my gifts are, what I can contribute to the world. When you're focused on self, everything around you will naturally blossom. And yeah. what, what I mean by that is that 
when I, instead of focusing on being the best daughter or focused on being the best wife, I'm still kind of a a character. I'm I'm playing different characters Mm -hmm. versus when I am the best, ooh, I'm Mm -hmm. the best me. Then I can show up as a wife. And you love yourself. I I love love myself. Because then when I show up as a wife, I'm not ending up going in and then leaving with resentment because I'm doing something that I'm like, oh, I... I didn't want to do this Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to go and help my dad or I didn't want to be a stay at home mom, but instead I'm choosing it. And every moment I'm choosing it because I know who I want to be and what kind of life I'm building and what I'm ultimately curating to be my legacy. Mm. And so at the end of the day, I know the life that I'm living is rich and who I'm showing up as is not singularly a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very good. And that when I do show up as a mom, my son can be really proud of who I am Mm -hmm. and my husband can be proud of who I am. And I can ultimately be really proud of everything I've built. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, how we can really be authentic and true to ourselves is to never lose that sense of self. Don't lose your hobbies. Don't lose things that you love doing just because you love it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't please anybody, but it pleases you. So do it. And that is so important. Those little things. Yeah. I think that's like the perfect way to like really tie together this conversation. I think at, at the end of the day, it's really about not losing yourself and, and, and not letting go of the things that make you, you, or that you love in order to be more for someone else or, or be able to, to feel like you have to give that up to accommodate someone else in your life, because the more whole you are, the more whole your relationship will be mm-hmm. with whoever it is in your life. And the more you can be for that person because you are filled up first and foremost. It's like that. We always we talk about that saucer and the, and the cup analogy yeah. of filling up your own cup and then giving to others from the overflow that flows into your saucer versus just giving from your own cup and giving, 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 and then having nothing left. So thank you for having another beautiful conversation with me on this podcast. I think it's a really important one. I love when we can really reflect on our relationship and really be able to pull out the wisdom, I think, from our journey and be able to also share it with others because I think many people can really benefit from that. And I think it is uh, a really beautiful gift that we do have of being able to have these kinds of conversations of being on this journey together. And, you know, hopefully someone else can be able to take away some nuggets from this conversation to really apply in their personal life and be able to really better uh, not only who they are but also the relationships in their life so yeah thank you for being on my podcast yeah thank you for having me (laughs) and for those of you that are tuning in thank you so much for joining us in another conversation and until next time keep being fully and apologetically authentically you we'll see you next time The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joyce Sauce.